<laughs> hey guys, welcome to the Big Blue United Podcast. My name is TJ. I'm here with Dan and Colin. We have a very special podcast tonight because former Giants running back and two-time Super Bowl champion Brandon Jacobs will be joining us in just a bit. Before we get into that, you know, we got to do our usual thing. How's everybody doing today? Everything's good? Feeling good? Hey, 7-2. Looks good. Feels good. Plays good. Feels good. Feels great. <laughs> yeah, it does feel good. It does feel real good. Dan, what's going on over there with you? Yeah, I, uh, uh, yeah, feels good. Feels good. Seven and two. Uh, being a Giants fan is fun again. Uh, would love to talk to some guys that, uh, feel like Daniel Jones should be signed to a 20 year contract. Oh, don't worry. We can definitely get into yeah. that. But before we do, guys, please follow Big Blue United on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can follow us at BBU Podboys with a Z on Twitter. Don't forget to download that DraftKings app. Use promo code TPPN. And our sponsor this week is Man Crates which is fun to say, I feel like. But Man Crates is a company that takes into account how difficult shopping for gifts that men actually want are. And Man Crates helps you celebrate the men in your life with unique and exciting gifts you'll be proud to give. They got cool stuff uh, like Project Crates, such as whiskey-making kits, smoker-making kits, barbecue sauce kit, which is the one I got sent. Um, they have other product kits, such as exotic meat crates, which is also fun to say. Whiskey crates, beer drinker crates, pizza-making crates, tons of other cool stuff. That is mancrates.com. I personally got sent uh, the barbecue sauce making kit. Came with a bunch of items, bunch of recipes. And the coolest part was that I got sent these very nice, personalized, big blue United uh, sauce bottles here, which I did not use because as any proper man does when you make barbecue sauce, you throw it in a crock pot with a pork shoulder, which is what I did. And it was delicious. Um, I know, Colin, you got that beer making kit, which maybe we got crisscross there because I'm usually the beer guy. But, you know, how was Carl's that barbecue guy? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, right. Uh, I mean, well, first I have to say it's too bad. I, I figured that uh, the, the exotic meat would have been better for you, TJ, but it's too bad. Um, anyway, <laughs> I do love I, my exotic meats, guys. Yeah, uh, I, I got the um, the smash IPA recipe kit, uh, which I have. Uh, I am looking forward to doing this weekend. I mean, I haven't been able to do it yet, and I want to, uh, but it looks incredible. It looks very easy, and it's kind of something that I've always wanted to do. Uh, I've known people that have done it at home, and, and I've tasted some people's home brew, and it's been good. So if it's something that I can do and put together, maybe it'll become another hobby of mine. Uh, I'm looking maybe you could to sell it to TJ. Uh, maybe we can go into business together. Sell it into yeah. beer and provisions, yeah. 96 uh, Barry Street, Brooklyn, New York. Maybe I'll just turn it into an F NFT. Uh, I don't know. Mm. Let's do it. Anyway, guys, mancrates.com. Check it out. And guys, without further ado, we'll bring on our guest tonight, who is two-time Super Bowl champion, running back for New York Giants, Brandon Jacobs. Brandon, how you doing tonight, man? I'm doing absolutely phenomenal, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. Yeah, and it's great to have you on, man. So before we get into, you know, asking you some, some uh, more fun questions, you know, let's talk about a little bit while you're on here, which is uh, your deal with Hall of Fame signings. So um, they're putting on a show called The Giant Show, which is an autograph show, um, on Saturday, 1119 at the Doubletree Hotel in Fort Lee, Fort Lee New Jersey. Uh, will be an annual event um, coming from this uh, year on. going to be from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. The lineup is actually pretty awesome, I have to say. You're going to have, in addition to Brandon, they'll have Tom Coughlin, Tiki Barger, Ahmad Bradshaw, Derek Ward, Rodney Hampton, Lawrence Taylor, OCU Manura, Justin Tuck, Phil Sims, Jason Seahorn, Mario Manningham, Akeem Nix, Plexico Burris, Samani Toomer, just to name a few. <laughs> Your boy, license plate guy, will be there too. Um, tickets are available now, guys, at HalloFameSignings.com. So if you want to get in there, check that out. Um, meet all those incredible players. You know, 
specifically for us, you know, growing up at the time we did, I feel like there's a lot of like big names for me in there. But, you know, Brandon, I want to ask you, you know, how often do you get to like see, you know, some of the old crew and you guys, you know, talk a lot or is this kind of like a more, you know, fairly thing that doesn't happen to you guys too often to get together like this? Well, well, we don't see each other too often. You know, we might go up to a game uh, every year, might see a couple guys there here and there, um, but a bunch of people in the same place. That only happens when we have our Super Bowl reunions and stuff like that. So um, or if they're recognizing something or somebody for something, a bunch of us will go in support of that specific player. But I don't get a chance to see him too much, and I'm looking forward to seeing my guys. I haven't seen uh, – well, I did see O.C. since the uh, – I haven't seen him since the Super Bowl reunion, uh, which was only, what, the guest last year, two years ago, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of guys that I just I don't see as much outside of that. So I'm looking forward to seeing them. Do you guys pick up sort of where you left off? I know those teams um, are special, obviously. Your Giants years, you had the, the one year in San Francisco, which, we, you know, as a Giants fan, I think we choose to, to overlook. But um, <laughs> it seemed like, you know, especially the Super Bowl seasons, you guys overcame so much and, and, and people sort of um, – didn't didn't suspect you to guys to go on runs like that. It must have been extreme amount of chemistry and, and, and goodwill between you all. I'm wondering if you still just sort of pick up, you know, back from back oh, in the day. Oh yeah, we pick up right where we left off, man. It's like we live in the same community. You know, nothing changes, man. Like those guys are my brothers for life, and it's never ever going to change. You know, it's you know we have we don't see each other, we don't talk as much, but when we do see each other, man, it's all laughs. Yeah. All great memories and just, just you know, just comfortable, just being around my brothers and and and, and that's the best I can ask, really. I, um, I'm looking forward to this weekend. I get to go and I get to hang with them, um, you know, hang out two nights with them, and uh, just just looking forward to it, man. That's awesome. That 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 warms my heart. I think <laughs> just to know that <laughs> yeah, that's man, how I imagined it to be, and, and that, that's great to hear. Um, you know, I, I wanted to to talk a little bit about the playing days and sort of you coming up. Um, and where we, Colin, TJ, and I, we, we are our best friends since fourth grade, and we've always had the Giants in common. So we've been following the ins and outs of the franchise, and specifically, you know, around the eras from you know 2000 to now is when we're, we're sort of highly focused in it. But uh, you know, Colin, Colin had an eye on on your draft class specifically, um, and and sort of shouted you out before any of us uh, really really knew of you because you know you came up you know not the easy way uh, you know, in, in in high school through JUCO um, and Auburn behind, you know, some guys that were highly drafted and, and kind of like Williams and, and Ronnie Brown. Um, and, and then, and then over to Southern Illinois. Right. Um, right. And, you know, on paper, we're like, who is this guy? This is, he's a unicorn. Um, and you, jo- you joined the team and you were behind Tiki that first year. And mm-hmm. I think for all of us, we were huge Tiki fans. I, I remember telling Colin for sure, you know, those days I would take a bullet in the butt for Tiki Barber. He was just <laughs> the ultimate giant at the time and yeah. still of Tiki. Obviously there's some stuff with how he went, left the team that, you know, as a fan was a little bit bitter, but um, you filled a huge gap for us. Um, so <laughs> thank you for being the, the perfect replacement to, you know, our, our first favorite player. Um, but, you know, I guess the thing I really wanted to ask you is, you know, joining the, the Giants, being in the NFL after that sort of winding road, was there a, a moment or a sensation you can recall, like stepping on the field, the first play, the first snap, something that like was like, oh, man, I'm doing it. I'm living the dream. 
Well, no, nah, I mean, it, it it came like that unreal, that unwell moment came to me like much before I even stepped on the field. Okay, it's when I was when I walked in the locker room and saw Michael Strahan in there. <laughs> Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a teammate right there. Yeah. That's yes, awesome. I, yes, I've arrived. Yeah, Everything man. else was smoking mirrors there, man. You know, everybody gave me all these great compliments about size and athletic ability and started making me feel good about myself. And it just took off, man, from there. I remember a lot of articles uh, about your relationship with Tiki and, and how he helped you come up. Could you expand on that? Uh, do you, how, how do you feel that he uh, maybe brought your game to another level, maybe the mentoring that he, he gave you? Um, well, with Tiki just being behind him, you know, um, just being a guy, watching him do things toward the end of his career, uh, you know, watching the way he handled his business and the way he did stuff off the field as well. Um you know, as far as football is concerned, yeah, he set, you know, we went over things, you know, I picked up, you know, learned, you know, you know, got the chance to learn, you know, learn my blitz pickups and, uh, you know, stuff like that. We're we'll some running just, uh, uh, you know, just, uh, just all around, you know, well-rounding, I guess, a well-rounded athlete is really what I kind of took from Tiki, man. Just watching the way he do his things, man. And, and the football stuff was, 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 was great. Um, there's a lot of stuff he achieved off the field at that time, which is why he retired was awesome as well. And here's Michael doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, just just being around Tiki just make you stronger. So I mean, yeah, I, I, I was with him for two years, and you know, I'm grateful for those two years I had with him. Absolutely, and I, I have to say too, and I think it's one part of your game that's been uh, overlooked over the years as your receiving ability. I think some of those plays that you came out into the flats and just surprised people with your, your speed down the line. I think I remember it was uh, the Bears game. What was it? The uh, 50-yard uh, catch and run for a touchdown in the rain, if I recall. I think I was there for that Bears. one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the Bills. Um, yeah, I, I had that. one there, the screen there with the Bills. Then I had, a, um, I had another pass against Dallas. I had two against Dallas. One was when we ran the red jerseys. Yep. I caught something. It took it like 50, 60 yards. And then uh, I had the one <laughs> flat flat route on the sideline. Against them. I had a uh, touchdown, a receiving touchdown against New England, week 17, one against Detroit. They didn't use me as much in the passing game, you know, only like this pickup. But if no one was coming, I had to run a route. Yeah. Eli wasn't so wasn't particularly excited about looking my way to throw the ball. <laughs> Brandon, let me ask you, you know, be, being that you're such a such a bruising, you know, kind of style of running back, did you have like a specific defender that you loved to run over or like one moment that you really popped a guy that sticks out in your memory? Um, no, man, they all got the same treatment. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> It wasn't one guy I liked to run over more than the other. It's just that, you know, I gave all of them the same treatment. Um, my toughest competitor, though, I think, uh, Brian Dawkins was definitely the toughest competitor I, that I've ever faced. So, yeah. I mean, that's just straight. Dude was a beast. Yeah. Uh, he was a beast. Yeah, like, I mean, twice a year, every year. Just played yeah. for the wrong yeah. team is the only problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of people loved him, man. A lot of people loved him. A lot of people that played against him. Loved him as well, man. He was a good dude. You know, he showed number of respect to you off the field and on the field, actually. Uh, but he was just a tough, tough competitor, man, that just lines up and, and, and going to get his job done. 
You know, he's going to encourage his teammates. You know, he's going to always leave everything out, out there on the field. You know, like I said, the best competitor I've ever faced. And I went against a lot of guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A pro's pro, obviously. I, uh, yeah. my, I just got to share that. I, I think my favorite moment uh, from you as far as demolishing defenders was uh, in the NFC Championship game in Green Bay. It, as a fan, we were all very nervous uh, just in the conditions and you guys going out there and the way you set the tone. Um, just that short, I don't know, probably three or four run. Yard run again, Charles Woodson, a Hall of Famer on his back like that, uh, had me and all my boys on the on my feet screaming. Uh, it just set the tone, and it was sort of a perfect encapsulation of what that giant team was. So I, I thank you for that. <laughs> thank well, you for that. I'm, I'm honestly glad, glad looking back at it that I did choose that, <laughs> running him over. <laughs> but me too. In that particular run, I saw – I, I had an opportunity to get more yards on the on that specific play because he was contained. So when Amani went up to go block the safety, he blitzed off the edge. So he had no outside support. All I had to do was give him a just a yeah. little yeah. weave inside and jump back outside. I'd have been on the sideline going for 30, 40 yards, 50 yards maybe. But I saw it at the last minute, and I just like, screw it. You know, I'm just going to run into him. Did you, you make know, that decision so, a few times in your career? Like to, to oh, pop yeah. somebody instead of juking yeah. him? Oh, absolutely. I did. Um, I made it once against uh, Brian Erlacher. I was running toward yeah. the outside, and I saw him pursuing down the line. I was like, I don't think I'm going to get the edge, so let me just run into him. Let you know, let me just surprise him because he think I'm running away from him. I'll put my foot in the ground and run into him. I'll see if I can break that tackle and see what I can get. And I ran, ran into him, cut right into him as he was pursuing toward the line of scrimmage. He didn't have no idea I was going to cut. So I cut, dropped my shoulder, knocked him down, and I got maybe like five or six yards off the yeah. place, you know, six, seven yards off the plate. It was actually made it. Me making a decision to do that gave us more than me just trying to capture the corner. Yeah. So I'm glad I did that too. Does, does doing some of that kind of like set the tone against the defense? Like they know that you're coming to hit them, you know, like wear them down over time. Do you think that like gives you more yards throughout the course of the game when you kind of lay people out like that? Well, now what it does is um, – they spent all week wondering what it's going to be like trying to tackle me, right? They spent all week wondering, what it, man, let's see what it's going to be like trying to, you know, <laughs> trying to tackle this big joker. You know, so when they get in the game and one of your, your – I'm going like <laughs> – I'm going like – I'm going for the head hunter on your team. Yeah. And I figure if I can get him, everybody else is going to fall. Everybody yeah. else going to fall in line. And I was like, damn, he just ran him over. Let, let me see – if I can approach this tackle on this guy the next, you know, a new way. Next thing you know, they're trying stuff new and they're missing tackles. And here we go. Yeah. I mean, as a fan, you could see it. Like as, as your, you know, sort of reputation built in the league and as you evolved, like you were living rent free in their brains all week. And and when the game started, mm-hmm. uh, some guys would shy away. I'm, I'm sure you, you must have noticed that too. But um, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, mean I, I got the most when we go into a game and the guy tells me, said, man, you're big as hell to be playing running back. <laughs> You're big as hell to be playing running back. So I said, I, I think in my mind, like, I got you. I'm yeah. Scared. <laughs> scared. That's an advantage. I love You're that. Scared. Okay, I got you. I'm coming at you every play from hell now. Hell yeah. And you know, maybe maybe one day you'll be playing defensive end uh, back back in back in New York. No, 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 those days are over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those days. I try to I try to come back and do that and train. Yeah. Actually train. So I got I got through three weeks of training, right? Fine, and then I 
body started to hurt a little bit, you know, so I took a break. And then when I came back to start training again, my body was still hurting. So I'm like, my recovery sucks. Yeah. Let me not try to go out here and waste these people's time. So I stopped trying. Yeah. Because my body never felt like a run. Like I take a a couple of days off and I never got my legs back under me. It's just your body just don't recover the same when you're older. So I just say, you know what? This is not for me. I mean, yeah. we're, we're all around the same age and we're not, we were never professional athletes. So we understand it's oh. <laughs> hurt now <laughs> more than they did in our 20s. Yeah. I was going to tell Brandon, I, I, I pushed my kids in the stroller the other day and that was probably a similar recouping experience. Like, <laughs> I, I get it. <laughs> oh, man, that was funny. Um, I guess, you know, something else I want to touch on uh, is uh, I think any Giant fan knows how you feel about the Dallas Cowboys and uh, how this season is shaping up for the Giants. So I, I want to know what your plans were for Thanksgiving. Well, I had a pretty good week, I would say, um, for the divisional guys, especially with the Eagles losing. That was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dallas Cowboys, they got Dak Prescott back out there uh, giving the game away. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I like what I see. I just, I just wish we could have got that one win on them when we had the opportunity to. But they're coming up in a couple of weeks, though. I can't stand Dallas Cowboys, man. It's like the dirt on the bottom of my shoe. It's, <laughs> it's really bad. It's like it's like a it's like a, a spoiled turd that's been sitting in room temperature water for three or four days. Out, you know, it's just that's no, that's Cowboys. Yeah. Yep. Who, who's next though? Is is it Eagles next or Commanders next? Like on the list of hate. I gotta go with the Eagles. The Commanders have never really posed any pose any of a real threat. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree. It's just, it's just been a full team in the division to make it four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's just splice in the Laron Landry hit right as he says that. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect. Absolutely. I had a quick question on that though. So you're joining the NFC East. How long did it take you to develop that sort of rivalry amongst the other teams? Did you automatically just hate the Cowboys, or or was well, it over I, time? I hated the Cowboys. Growing the up, I started to I, like the day I started to understand anything about anything. They got so many fans all over the place, man, and they're so obnoxious and they're so like in your face type stuff. Yeah. And it's just like, uh, you know, like yeah. like they like most of them guys can't have wives or girlfriends. Like my, like most of them guys can't be getting any play, man. <laughs> well said. Amazing. Um I have I have a quick question. Uh this is an interesting one. Um who would you say was the best uh, offensive lineman or maybe even fullback that blocked for you in your career? Are oh, you going to put me on a spot like that? <laughs> yeah, that's well, – he's, he's having the team reunion next week, Colin. Well, I mean, <laughs> it, it, it's a loaded question. You can take it as you will. Or you could not. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you different categories. Okay. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, technical, like technical lineman, like had it, just like had his shit going for him. David Dill was was a technician when it came out to tackle. You know, he didn't really give up a whole a whole bunch. He went at it with all of he went on he went at it with all the rush ends that was out there that played in the league back then. Um, and David Dill held his own out there with the Demarcus Wares, the Trent Coles, and like guys like that. Julius Peppers, like guys like that. So, um, 
the the Sean O'Hara was was a smaller but scrappy center, strong as all get out. Could always count on him to do his job. Uh, you know, Chris Knee strong. He's a, probably one of the strongest linemen out there that we had on the team, and he's throwing guys around like it was nothing. Uh, Richie Sarber was probably the meanest, yeah, the meanest guy. Uh, just nasty. You know, borderline penalty guy, like a borderline nasty, like penalty. And Kareem was another big technician on the outside playing guard. I mean, playing tackle. He was really good, and, and he was strong as well. Watching Kareem come down on the down block and destroying people were, were a thing of beauty to watch. So, um, you know, it's like all you know, like all of those guys, like even I got to go with Kevin Booth. Like he came in, he gave us some nastiness. On there, I can't say one of them is better than the other, or sure. who was my favorite guy. I would be absolutely, uh, yeah, I, don't, I wouldn't even like myself if I just yeah. gave a name. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, I would say fullback wise, I've, I've, I've had a chance to run behind Jim Finn. Yeah, I, I've had a chance to run behind Madison Hedgecock. Um, I had a chance to run by you know Henry Hanoski as well. Uh, yeah. all three guys are great. Great blockers. Uh, Jim Finn was more of a, you know, he was more of a finesse guy uh, when it came down to blocking, you know, position blocking and stuff like that. Uh, was Jim was real good out the backfield as well. Uh, Madison Hedgecock was just a big, tough son of yeah. a bitch that just was like, like he's a country dude that like tractors and yeah, like he's yeah. gonna knock, he's gonna <laughs> knock your head. I remember off that video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so. Uh, and Henry, on the other hand, was great out of the backfield. Would knock your, he would knock your head off as well. A uh, smart guy, tough. Uh, yeah, man, my guys were dogs, man. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't regret. I wouldn't regret none of my teammates. I, I wouldn't take another team. I wouldn't take another player in the, in the league and put in the place of none of my guys, man. Like my guys were great, man. I love my guys. Like they're awesome. It was great to see you running behind all those guys. That oh, that man, offensive lineman, awesome. especially yeah. the 2007 season, was incredible. That that uh, we always talk about the ESPN magazine um, uh, cover of of all the the linemen there, and just being like, "Oh, those are the glory days right there." Yeah, man, awesome. It's awesome to be with those guys. That that oh. feeling that we had with with that team, though, it's been a while since we felt that way about the giant squads that have been out there um, until, until this year, I think uh, there's a lot of positivity surrounding the team. Um, You know, the three of us had been down in the past few years, a lot with the roster construction, coaching decisions, but now I, I I feel like most giants fans, there's a lot of hope. I mean, obviously the record is, is, is showing that they're on the right track, but I also think there's a plan moving forward. Um, So we wanted to get your opinions a little bit, of what you see this year out of the out of the team, what what is maybe the thing that's most encouraging to you, um, and and if you know, obviously, if you have you know, spoke speaking to to, to people in the building, um, any any interesting insights you might want to share there, but uh, sort of general well, impressions. What I get from the team now, they are winning a game with minimal stats as possible. Um, yeah. They're not the prettiest seven and two team in the league, but they're seven and two, mm-hmm. right? They, I don't think they have put. I, I I I want this thing to be real, right? So they're seven and two coming into the second half of the season. I said they'll win twelve games this year. 
I think we can get that, to be honest with you. I know that's another five wins away. I know yeah. that's something that we can really uh, – that we can pull off just just who we got. You know, and I know we got Philly twice, and we got Dallas another time. Again, I'm not worried about the commanders. Um, so, I don't know, man. I just I, I think the team now plays wins off defense. I think the defense plays great. They don't give up too much. Uh, Daniel Jones, what Daniel Jones was doing the last couple of years, what he's not doing anymore is turning the football over, fumbling the ball. You know, he, he he drops back. You look one way, you look another way. If it ain't there, he's pulling it down, trying to get something out of it. Uh, Saquon is running hard as usual. Uh, still up at the, he, he's up at the top of the league. Yeah, maybe sec, I think second in the league behind Chubb and Russian. Uh, first overall yardage though, first all-purpose and all-purpose yardage. Um, so Saquon is coming back, showing he showing he belong at the top with the with the, with all of the elites. And I wish that, that and there's no one that is more elite than him in my mind. Not because he's a giant running back, but I get, you know because I study the position and really see that him and Nick Chubb is kind of in the league of their own. Yeah. So if Saquon Barker can stay healthy, I think just with him alone, the Giants will continue to win games. I I completely agree with you there. Um. It's not pretty, but it's it's more fun to watch, though. You got to say that it has been right. I mean, let wins. me ask you: Do you want do you want to do you want to say anything about Dave Gettleman at all while we're here? Is there I love, you I love Dave. I love Dave Gettleman. Yeah. He was he was uh, the director of player personnel. Then when I was with the Giants, yeah. great guy. Walked around the building with his pants like pulled all the way up to his sternum. But, <laughs> uh, Dave was. I mean, Dave Gettleman was awesome to be around. Man, awesome guy. Uh, I I love him. I mean, the guy's yeah. been nothing but nice to me. Uh, nothing but respect for him, and you know, and what he's able to accomplish. Uh, you know, within his roles throughout the NFL. Uh, I, so I don't have any ill will against Mr. Gettleman, like most people may have. That's still fans of the team, like me. He's he done me some justice. So yeah. maybe I wouldn't have been there if he yeah. wouldn't have been there. So I mean, absolutely, I love Dave. that's fair. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all can speculate, but to actually hear someone who's met the guy say things like that, you know, gives you obviously a different perspective. But I do want to ask you, you know, about what you're doing now, which, you know, coaching high school football. Um, how's that been going for you? It, it, what what kind of like, you know, do you bring any pro conce- concepts down to the high school level at this point? I know a lot of some of these schools are really big. You know, um, what do you think, what have you been doing to make yourself like a great high school football coach in your mind? Well, just trying, just, just trying to communicate with the kids more. I'm not, to be honest with you, I'm not, a high school coach. I was coaching okay. high school. I think I'm more of a player develop, a player of mental development with, with a lot of these young kids making certain decisions. Yeah. You know, they talk to me about stuff they wouldn't talk to their mom and dads about. Uh, and that's a good place to be with them. You know, they're 15, 16, 17 year old, 18 year old kids. You know, that's just just on the cusp of getting themselves caught up in some BS. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. um, so to be in that place with you know where. A, a bunch of you know a bunch of kids that look to you for advice and you know they look to me for certain advice i answer questions and i look to them for for the drip you know you know the way they dress and stuff like that i've been talking like man <laughs> yeah you think i could pull those pants off <laughs> hey, coach coach they tight as hell but i think you can be able to do it <laughs> you can pull it off coach you can do it now what's gonna wear with it i don't know what, what you think i should wear with it she should get a nice shirt some little shoes you know what I'm saying? Put a little cuff in your pants. So yeah. I get I get my drip from the, the 16 and 17. From the source. Uh, <laughs> this this generation of kid, people look at me sometimes like, dude, you're 40. <laughs> 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 like 
We've still awesome, been trying man, to like, figure out the slang, you know. Yeah, yeah well. so it's awesome now. They can have the the slang, the the gang, and the twin, and all that. They can have that. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's, it's good to do. It's good to be in this place where I am, man. I actually, give back to kids, and you know, just teach them more, you know, about life and using football, you know, to you know to, to capture their minds and stuff like that. So it's awesome, man. You know, I got a son of my own. That's in high school as well, playing as you know, pretty big kid. So it's fun, man. It's, a, it's an awesome thing to be a part of. We we've actually uh, we we follow you on the social media. So Colin's scouting him already. Yeah, I'm, I've, I've been scouting your son for for a while now. I, I see that that he's he's doing a lot of recruiting, a lot of recruiting trips across the country. Uh, he's a big boy. He's uh, he's as big as you and bigger. And yeah, he's, he's bigger not, than me. He's six, he's six six. Wow. Six six, like you know, three something. Wow. You know, so last back. article I saw he was like it was saying six four. I wanted to know if he was taller than you now. So no, no, nah, that, that was see, I don't know where six four came from, but he's definitely six six now. That's awesome. Do you have as as a dad, you know, any approach to him, you know, taking the next steps uh in his you know football career, like shepherding to, towards whether it's towards certain schools or certain training methods, or do you let him sort of you know navigate that? Uh, to a degree in his own. Well, now we kind of let him navigate it, man. My wife and I, uh, we sit and we go, we take him on all these trips and we meet the coaches and, you know, I, like, I, to be honest with you, I don't matter in the process. It's his mother and him. Yeah. Yeah. That's the two that's going, that's, <laughs> it matters to. Like, like for me, I want him to be close to home, right? I want him to be close to home, like somewhere where I can get to him because everybody goes to college and have that dumb mistake in the middle of the night. Yeah. Where they got to get, where they got to wake up. I mean, where they got to go to the emergency room and get eight or nine stitches for doing something stupid. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> everybody has that. I've seen that every year I've been in college. Yeah. Yeah. You know, drinking, you know, guys out there drinking a the natural light, you know, getting <laughs> drunk and, and just doing stupid stuff. So it's inevitable. I would be stupid. Yeah. I would be stupid to believe, I would be dumb to, to believe that my kid isn't going to go get into some shit. When he go to college, so yeah. I'd rather be I can jump in the car and get to him in a few hours. I'll be there, or go somewhere where I have family. Yeah, you sure. know, so somewhere where I have someone to cater to him, or someone to be there for him when he needs somebody, stuff like that. But I don't really care where he goes. You know, he like obviously he likes uh, a lot of schools down here in the southeastern part of the country. Uh, so who knows what he's going to do? Again, it's going to be him and my wife picking that. So. I'll be away from it. That's a smart tactic. But best right. of luck. Best of luck. Right. That, that's that's a huge, <laughs> that's a huge thing. I, I I I have a young child, and so does TJ. I think we're learning that you know, big decisions leave, leave to the wife. I think. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Is it how cool is it to have your son kind of following in your footsteps? Though, is it cool? It's, it's pretty cool, man. Because now um, I get a chance to get these perks from him. Right? Yeah. <laughs> So we're walking all of these, so we're walking all these big time college stadiums, all these big like Alabama, Clemson, Georgia game, kind of have the place to ourselves. Uh, just good food. We go there, you know, they wine and dine us and stuff like that, man. And then, you know, just yeah, having these perks because recruiting nowadays, or what I'm noticing now, mm-hmm. is a hell of a lot different nowadays than it was when I was being recruited. So these coaches are a little bit more aggressive, you know, they got so many more resources to work with. They got so many more ways they can get in touch with the kids. It's crazy, man. And, and it's, it's a it's a dog eat dog world out there when it comes to recruiting. So it's pretty Does, cool to go through it. 
Does your son like have coaches like DMing him on Instagram and stuff like that? Like, you want to come down yeah. for a visit this weekend? Like, yeah, they, they, no, well, they reached out to me. A lot okay. of coaches reached oh. out to me because they're not able to That's reach cool. out to him because I am yeah. a coach. Yeah. yeah. So uh, they reached out to me to get like a number of the kids off of the team and stuff hmm. like that. So, um, but you know, the, the you know the kid is is uh, he doesn't even he didn't realize how important this 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 you know this opportunity is. Yeah, he don't really talk about it a lot. He comes home from school, you know, do his work, play his game. You know, he never really Good. asks or talk any ask any questions or talk about, you know, recruiting or who called for him or what I think he should go, what I think he should do. Yeah. You know, what's the best fit? I gave him my, my I gave him my pros and cons, you know, going to a school where you can play right now, you know, typically doesn't mean the team is very good. Right. Yeah. Well, going to a team where you're going to have to wait to play because there's guys in front of you that typically mean the team is very, it could be really good and competing for a national championship at some point. Um, so he has to be comfortable with what he selects, which, which school he selects, and how he's uh, handling it. You know, he might get, he might go to a school and, and think he's better than the guy in front of him. That's what everybody thinks. That's, that's, just, a, that's just a competitive nature in men. I'm better than him because he's in front of me. That's the next guy up. So, yeah. uh, you know, I just told him, like, you know, you got to make the decision and, and you got to be happy with it. And I don't – I'm not a fan of just doing all this transferring around because you don't play. I yeah. transferred. But I was – my back was against the wall when I transferred. And every time I talk about that, people always say, well, you did it. Well, I was a behind – I was third string behind two guys that got drafted number two and number five overall. I was never mm-hmm. going to get enough of an opportunity to, call, to even have fun playing at Auburn. Yeah. Right. I was just there, you know. So when I transferred to Southern Illinois, it worked out better for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me ask you, uh, your son being so big, you know, I know you were a big guy for running back. Is offensive line where he's sticking at, you think, or is there a possible position change there? Uh, offensive line is his, is his thing, man. He's played right tackle. Um, so that's his thing, man. He, he's uh, learning all the skills and all the techniques to that. So. Yeah. He's doing really good there. I'm not, just just all got right. tired all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brendan, I think we'll we'll wrap it up on there. Again, um, guys, please check out HalloFaneSignings.com. You can follow Brandon on Twitter, Brandon Jacobs27. You can check out the 27 Q podcast. It's Brandon's podcast. Again, you guys, other other eat. pods going on, Brandon? Yeah, I got facts over feelings. Uh, I do with a couple of my homies, man. I, I grew up with uh, cool. just a. Uh, just a bunch, you know, a bunch of stuff about, you know, pop culture, the Kanye's and the Kyrie's and the, you know, the the, the Kardashians. You see and, Chappelle you know, on SNL? Yeah, I didn't. Oh, <laughs> uh, you gotta check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll check yeah, it yeah. out. <laughs> I'll check it out. But yeah, facts. That sounds awesome. In, in 27 and Q, man, it's it's like it's like it's like my two things I'm doing right now. That's awesome. Awesome, Brandon. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. Hey, guys, yeah, thank you very much. Me. All hey, right, thanks for having me. Have a good night, Appreciate man. Appreciate it, Brandon. Yep, all right. Yep. And again, guys, um, the Giant Show will be taking place on November 19th at the Double Tree Hotel in Fort Lee, New Jersey from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. HalloFaneSignings.com for tickets. Tons of good people. Check it out. It's fourth down, and you can feel it down in your plums. The tension is in the air. You could cut through it with a knife. You want to make every play this exciting? 
Check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. So check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet in any football game. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook using promo code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Guys, that was amazing. Brandon Jacobs, Mr. Jacobs, Brandon, BJ, on our pot. Um, the juggernaut. You know, all, all to the Big Blue United fans, please uh, share that. that that's an achievement of this pod so far, to be sure. And also make sure to check out uh, Brandon's podcast, 27 and Q, and Facts Over Feelings. They both sound excellent, and we will be checking them out as well. Um, but let's talk about last week, the Texans. Uh, maybe a not hugely notable game, but... You know, another W. You've got so many of them, it's hard to even care about them anymore, right, right guys? Yeah, I feel like facts over feelings is like this podcast too sometimes. Because <laughs> I feel like, you know, or at least like when I go on Twitter under our, our BBU Pod Boys handle. Yeah. Trying to lay down some truth. You know, we... I'm I'm waiting for for more likes with some of your your controversial uh, retorts to a lot of <laughs> a lot of this stuff. And I, I don't get a lot of You know, yeah, I definitely with the with the bunny ears in that sense. You mean because, like when I when I said today that someone was like, well, Daniel Jones threw the same number of percentage of picks as Aaron Rodgers did the last three seasons? I was like, why are you comparing Daniel Jones to Aaron Rodgers? And the person responded, I'm not comparing them. Yeah. That's exactly okay. what you're doing. It's like my mom's Honda Civic lost the same amount of races as like Red Bull. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, but hey. let's jump into the game, guys. Twenty-four sixteen. Um, is this the largest like margin of victory this year? Yes. Am I mistaken? It, it is. Um, and it's the first like, time they led the whole game too. Yeah, that is true. And, wow. You know what? I went into it because, I, as I told you guys, I had to DVR it for for later in the day, and I I went into it thinking it was going to be from the little amount of tweets that I saw from, you know, various people or or you know any any text from random people too. I thought I was going to go into it thinking it was really ugly and really crappy, and I was surprised by how not crappy it was. It was, I mean, it was there was ugly aspects of it, but it wasn't like this. It was very efficient. It was efficient as all hell, and I actually appreciated it. I mean, hell, Slayton just came out of nowhere and surprised me on that. I mean, can we just talk about the fact that he's quietly having himself a kind of decent year for basically being on the scrap heap going into the season? I think that's pretty great that he's being utilized as well as he is. I mean, yeah, like what, three catches, 95 yards in the TD? I think the last three games specifically, he's kind of popped out a little bit more, I think, by necessity. But – the number one thing is that, you know, he's cleaned up what has been his most glaring issue his whole career was the drops. Yeah. So even though it's been three catches, I mean, the Giants only threw the ball, what, 17 times. So you're not going to jump on him for the, you know, kind of amount of yards he had or amount of catches he had. But he did account for 50 percent of the Giants offense through the air this game, which mm-hmm. is funny. And I call him, I think you made the best point is that this is a guy who was probably looking to be traded, cut. Yeah. They restructured his contract to get his cap number down, which is ultimately why he stayed on this team you know being the Giants leading receiver isn't anything special but he didn't catch a ball till week four 
So it's another thing to consider. But I think, you know, if he tricks, sticks to the trajectory he's on, he's going to be important for this team. Basically has nobody else. Um, Kenny Galladay clearly isn't going to be contributing after coming back and missing two balls. Um, whether that, that one. was an errant throw, you tell me. Maybe it wasn't. I didn't think it was that bad. I think you sh- he should have been able to catch that. The, the one, the one, the egregious one is I, I don't care what kind of possible excuse anyone could give or he can give. Um, the, the fact that he had the gall to more or less come out when he was asked in a press conference afterwards or, or whatever, um, how he almost feels slighted and that he should be getting more playing time and, and that catch the was, ball. Well, that was, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not fast. I'm not athletic. Uh, I would have caught that pass. I would have caught it. It was right yeah. there. Like, what are you doing? You were two years ago. You were, you were one of the better wide receivers in the game. And then like, what is this? Is it a lapse of in concentration or is the, 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 the bag of money weighing you down so much? Like, I, I don't know what the <laughs> hell this is. It's insane. Just go and, and just live off that money and sell used cars and never touch the football field again, because it sounds like it's possible. We might consider just cutting him. That's the news, man. 4.25 million cap space if he's cut. Fine with me. He's got a chronic elbow problem. I think that doesn't help him catch the ball, and I think that he never could create separation as it was. But he's – either they're not using him in those jump ball scenarios or those scenarios don't exist or he can't do it anymore physically. But he's done. Time to move on. Yeah. Washed. I was listening to uh, Jordan Renan, the ESPN Giants beat writer, um, about – uh, you know, his thoughts and being close to the team, what he saw out of Kenny Galladay. And, you know, a lot of what he was saying that he, he definitely thinks he's certainly in his head to a certain extent, but, you know, based on his reports from spring training or not spring training, that's baseball uh, from the summer uh, Galladay never looked right in the first place. He looked robotic. He looked unflu, you know, not, not very fluid like UTJ. Uh, he was just sort of, didn't have that the any semblance of athleticism that he used to have you know, coming off those injuries. So, um, you know, I think I think at the beginning of the season we wanted to be like, oh, you just need some time to get right, get used to the system. But it's looking like he's washed, dude. It's looking like he's pretty washed. He's done, man. Yeah. He needs some of my liquid. Liquid man, yeah. I mean, that's probably the liquid. the last resort. I, I think I think Joe Shane is probably going to give you a call. I think that's the the only thing left for him at this point is to learn your uh, unorthodox running technique. I'll do it. I'll do it for the team. I'll give it. I'll give up some of my my. If you're to see white hot foam, yeah, a six foot three NFL wide receiver just bust that out in an NFL game. That they that the defense might not know what to do. He might get wide open for at least one. I don't think they. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. You know what? I do want to go back to what Colin said earlier about some of the ugliness that people had mentioned about this game. And it's kind of, you know, a bit dumbfounding to me, you know, some of the criticism of the offense. I mean, Daniel Jones, what, 13 for 17, 197 yards and two touchdowns. Fine, efficient, almost perfect passer rating. Last week, when we did the preview for this game, we said that the Texans had the worst run defense in the NFL. So what did the Giants do? The Giants ran the ball more times than they have all year. Saquon, what, 35 carries on the game, career high, 152 yards and a touchdown. So... The Giants coordinators and coaches went carries. in. For yeah, carries, carries, yeah, excuse me. Giants <clears throat> went into this game with a game plan to run the ball a lot against the NFL's worst-ranked run defense. And people came out and said, why didn't they throw the ball more? I don't understand where this is coming from. Jones had a 
fine game, an efficient game. The running game was efficient. The Giants won. The Giants moved the ball. The Giants attacked the defense in the best way they thought. They came in with the largest margin of victory they've had all season. Where is the problem here? It's because Jones isn't your, putting up your MVP style numbers that you're so excited about. Like, I don't, I don't understand this. So I just don't get it. As, as much as, of course, this needs to be going forward and in general, needs to be a forward thinking, come to the, you know, the times, the modern NFL kind of offense, you play what you can play with who you have. And yeah, maybe it's a little old school, maybe it's throwback, but a lot of these fans on Twitter weren't around in the 80s. I mean, we were born in the 80s, but I'm a historian of this team. I love this team. What did we do in the 80s? We had a very, very, very good Phil Sims throwing the ball when he needed to, but we also had a ground and pound offense just like we saw this last week that won a lot of games i heard a stat during the game um uh, charles davis was saying that um and this actually blew my mind uh we're first in the nfl in in possession of some sort the amount of time that we hold on to the ball is time of is, possession time of possession is is i mean that would be amazing because that was a stat the Giants could never win in the past few years. But that's mm-hmm. what a running offense predicates. And, you know, we, we lamented the Joe Judge style of old school football. But, hey, when you have competent people doing it, it works. And you don't just stick to it and play a field position battle. You know, you go for it on fourth down. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, th- I think the disconnect is is twofold, right? Like, I, like Colin's saying, you know, what makes the Giants successful is understanding who their personnel is and playing to their strengths. And if our strength is running and that opposing team strength, uh, our weakness is, is, is run stopping, then obviously we're going to run. So that makes sense. But also I think there's a lot of those Daniel Jones truthers out there that don't really understand what kind of quarterback he is and think, you know, he should be throwing the ball all the time. Um, that's not the way to optimize results. Uh, I mean, it's again, we don't have to harp on it. It's not his, you know, his opportunity to throw is dictated upon the play calling. And it was interesting, by the way, to see all that talk about uh, Kafka and his uh, helmet and him changing play calls on the line with Kafka, basically audibling for him. Um, I thought that was an interesting uh, storyline during the game. But, um, you know, if you look at, you look at the, he's broken 200 yards twice this season, one of which was 202 yards and the other was 217 yards. Like we're not passing the ball. Um, And that's, you know, because we don't have the personnel in the wide receiver core and um, maybe, maybe, you know, we don't have the pass protection there. There's all sorts of things, but um, you know, our offense isn't built to score. It, the, the scores from this season are insane. Have you guys looked at like the scoring discrepancies? It's almost identical scores through the entire, entire year. It's 24, 16, 27, 13, 23, 17, 24, 20, 27, 22, 2012, 12. 2316, 1916, 2120. Like, you, you it's know, the same spread. It's like, in, it's, we're just getting exactly what we need. Um, this is all static noise from us and from the media and everybody just talking their heads off about it. And you know that Dable is having conversations with his team in the locker room about how this team needs to win games and they're executing it. They're doing what they got to do. Exactly. Yeah. They're scraping by, but it's working. You know, and I think you can you can look at the defense and say the same thing. I think when when the defense came out this game, I think it was what three three and outs in a row, and I was like, this is a atypical of a Giants defense that sort of 
you know, in much of the fashion of a, of a Patrick Graham defense, but obviously run in a different way because it's more of a risk-taking style defense. Yeah. But it is a, definitely a, a bend-don't-break thing. So they did give up chunk plays. They did give up big yards at times. But, I mean, what, 387 total yards? That's not a great number for the defense. They're not They were on well. our side of the field quite a bit in 25-yard yeah. line range. Quite a bit. But, but Yeah, man, I mean, what it really comes down to is what, 30% third-down conversion rate they're yeah. giving up? Yeah. Two mm-hmm. crucial turnovers again late in the game? Yeah. When it matters, that's what they do. And and you have, you know, guys like I can't talk enough about Dexter Lawrence. Oh, unreal. If unreal. he's not going to be an all pro this year, I don't know. Uh, Sack five tackles, five quarterback hits, eight pressures on the quarterback yeah. from the defensive tackle position. Dude, he's locked in. He, and and we better lock him in. I think 100%. they will. I think yeah. they will. And he's Prater number one. More than yes. Saquon, more than Jones, more than easily. You know, I yeah. easily. couldn't agree more with that. Uh, we, I, I'd be remiss not to mention how incredible Adoree Jackson has been, too. Mm-hmm. Excellent. He's, I can't believe they have him returning punts. What? That was like what he had one, right? It was <laughs> no, he had one more than took, one. No, oh, but he, they took him off, and then Richie James was back. Yeah, out but there. then they put him back. It was depending on the the distance, mm. like the field position, who they put in. That scared me, man, because yeah. I mean, while there's, you know, while McLeod and, and Mon- Moreau have both come in off the street, as we like to say, and, and played very well so far, I don't think you can lose a Dory Jackson, especially like in a punt return injury. How dumb would you feel if that's where how we went down? Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, it's learn from the past, you know, Jason Seahorn. You can't do that to him. <laughs> it will also be at the giant show signing autographs. Check it out. But mostly go to see Brandon Jacobs the most yeah, excellent we human. Ask Brandon Jacobs if he thought that Seahorn could tackle him in both of their primes. I think we know the answer. Based on how he answered uh, how Brian Erlacher could tackle him, I, I think he could <laughs> yeah. say Jason Seahorn. Yeah, I mean, also on defense, I think, you know, you want to mention Leonard Williams. Nine tackles, QB hit, forced that fumble in the fourth quarter. He had a great game, I think, the best of the season. Um Pinnock came in, had one and a half sacks. You know, I just yeah. like love Wink for this. It's like, who's available? Where can I put them where they're going to be successful? Maybe it's 10 plays they play, but they're going to make an impact wherever they are. I think that's really why this defense is has the success it does. It's all coming down to Wink, baby. Yeah. Well, I think uh, Wink is going to have uh, a little more to be worried about next week. Uh, against the Lions, if you want to start talking about that, um, yeah. <clears throat> Lions, you know, are having a a, bit, a pretty bad season, but they're scoring a lot, um, especially when when healthy. You know, they they've put up some some pretty big numbers um, against some some pretty good teams. Uh, they they almost beat the Dolphins a couple weeks ago, which is huge. They're coming off two wins, beating the Packers and the Bears. Um, so this is this is. This is going to be, I think, a much harder matchup than, than we've had uh, as Giants fans the past couple of weeks um, and, a, and a pretty good tune-up for the big Thanksgiving Day game against the Cowboys. Um, is there anything you guys are particularly looking toward, forward towards this game? Anything you want to see improvements on the offense, defensive side? Anything you think is crucial for them to lock down um, uh, given they, this team? they they got to stop the run, first and foremost. That's, I think, uh, I mean – um Jonathan Goff is Jonathan, Jonathan that's Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Yeah, Jonathan Goff. That was someone who was on our team. Yeah, um, he was. Yeah, yeah, he, was. he was linebacker. Uh he is no Georgia scouch. Tech. He, yes. He was a fourth or fifth round pick, something like that. Third, actually Four. third round pick. Yeah. Um didn't pan out. But anyway, uh 
he's no slouch. He's not exciting by any means, but he's had a quiet, quietly good year as a quarterback leading this team. And, you know, when you have a bunch of knee biters and Dan, uh, Dan Campbell's uh, players, they're, they're going to be tough. They're going to, you know, they're, they're not great, but they're, they're, I think they're the kind of team that easily could be overlooked and we need to take them as seriously as we take anyone else. Yeah. Stopping the run. Sure. Yeah, I mean, even at, at three and six, you know, the, the, the Lions bottom five overall defense, but their offense is kind of middle of the road. Their run offense, run offense is particularly, you know, their strength. So I think you're right, Colin. It's going to be a similar game plan to last week. Their rushing defense is not good. Um, you're going to see a lot of Saquon. You're going to have to stop the run. I mean, Damon Pierce got over 100 yards. I think you'll see a very similar sort of circumstance here where they're probably going to rip off good runs. Goss probably going to make a a, a few better throws than we saw, you know, Mills make last week, but ultimately it's going to be a similar game. You know, a lot of running the ball, old school football giants defense is going to have to come up with a couple plays um, to make it work. And uh, I mean, ultimately, you know, it's probably going to come down to, you know, three to six, seven points at the end. And, and we seem to be on the good side of those or most of them this year. So I think it's, you know, anyone's game, but I'll give the giants a little bit of a nod here. I think they have a little bit yeah. more, just um, advantage in the coaching category with two teams that are somewhat evenly matched on paper. Giants are home. We have a, a much better defense. Uh, the Lions defense is, is at the bottom of the league. Uh, they're allowing 266 yards passing and 160 yards running uh, on average. Um, so, you know, for all the Daniel Jones heads, like, you know, if you want him to throw more, you want him to, to, flex some of his, you know, marquee skills throwing and, and running. Um, we should hopefully see it this game. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be, you know, more of an interesting matchup. Uh, yeah, I think we're well suited to shut them down offensively as well. I think our run, our run defense has been fairly stout. Um, they have that 200 monster of Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift, who's still coming back from injury, but, um, uh, Aquaminius, 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 St. Brown, Aquaminius, St. Brown uh, is the type of receiver that I think might give us some trouble in the, in the slot. But I uh, it was Amon Ra. What's the Amon Ra? That's right. The sun god. His brother's Aquaminius on on, on the Bears, uh, and his dad's a a bodybuilder. Uh, they work out together in the off season. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Um, anyway, I think it's gonna be fun. I think I think we should see some better stuff out of the offense. Hopefully, that's my hope. Maybe a Wandell uh, breakout game would be cool. Which, not to be overlooked, he had some pretty crucial catches this past game too. I hope he can Two. build on that. Yeah, <laughs> well, but they were they were good ones. They they were sure. you know they, they. I mean, Isaiah Hodges had two grabs, but he turned both of those into you know first downs, big gains, forty two yards total, forty one yards total. I forget which one it was, but you know I think that I, I would like to see them throw the ball more than 17 times, but if, mm -hmm. if they decide that running Saquon, you know, 30, 35 times again, is going to win this game, then go for it. Yeah. But <laughs> they decide they're they're gonna gonna Saquon and uh, <laughs> just, yeah, I'm saying you're running, you're running ragged a lot. You know, once you, I think Saquon's up to almost 200 carries this year. I've seen guys, you know, in the past have great years, hit 400 carries and then just fall the heck off the rest of their career. So, I'm yeah, sure they got him on some kind of pitch count. Track that as far as uh, likelihood of re-signing him. If they continue to run him 35, give him 35 carries a game, I don't think they're <laughs> yeah. interested in his uh, Larry longevity. Johnson syndrome yeah. there, yeah. Well, I mean, Matt Breida has been a, a very good spell. I mean, I, I, I think there could be games 
I don't know if they'll do it anytime soon, but I think they could throw him in there a little bit more to keep him fresh, especially now that we're coming to the second half of the season. You might even be seeing it a little bit more. And hell, I, think you sh- I, I agree, man. You, you should start splitting those carries a little bit. I know I said I wanted to see Saquon have the ball 30 times a game, but I necessarily say carry the ball 30 times a game no. and get smacked up. But, you know. And hell, maybe we get a little, uh, little Gary Brightwell thrown out in there every once in a while, especially late in the game. Imagine we have a, a game where we blow someone out and you can give some some playing time that people don't play very often. Don't get too excited. Yeah, well. <laughs> Anything else tonight, guys? No. Nah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening tonight. Um, thanks again to Brandon Jacobs for coming on. It was really fun for us. I hope you guys enjoy the interview as well. Um, please follow us, BB United, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, BBU Pod Boys with the Z on Twitter. Download that DraftKings app. Use promo code TPPN. Check out mancrates.com. And thanks again for listening, guys. I'm the juggernaut. Go! <laughs>